Welcome, welcome to Mission Ebenezer Bible Study Night, Mission Ebenezer Family Church. This is our... So tonight, we are going to look into the book of First Timothy, First Timothy, alright? We're going to look into the book of First Timothy, and uh, before we do that, I would like us to have a word of prayer like us to have a word of prayer thank you jesus father we thank you and we give you all the praise oh lord our god lord tonight we come before you and we acknowledge that on our own we can do nothing we can do nothing and therefore lord our god we invite you tonight we ask oh lord that you will come in your fullness. We ask that you will come in your power. Manifest yourself unto us. We ask, O oh Lord our God, for your help tonight. We ask, O oh Lord our God, for your grace tonight. We ask, O oh Lord our God, for your power to be made available unto us. Lord, as we come into your word. Lord, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus, let there be an outpouring of your spirit and your power. We pray for understanding. We pray for revelation. We pray for insight into your word. Lord, open our hearts and minds of understanding that we might be able to comprehend, Lord, the things that are in your word. That, Lord, we pray that our heart will be open to receiving that which you have prepared for us tonight. Lord, we ask for your presence. We need you. We ask, O oh Lord, our God, for your help. And above all, that the name of Jesus will be lifted high tonight. Thank you, O oh Lord, our God. Receive all the praise, O oh God. Receive all the glory, O oh God, because you alone are worthy to be praised. We are going to look into the book of First Timothy. Paul wrote a letter. To Timothy. Timothy was one of Paul's disciples. Okay, one of Paul's disciples. And now Paul recognized the grace that was on Timothy when he foresaw Timothy. And I believe that prior to him seeing Timothy, a lot of people must have talked to him about Timothy. Now we are not going to go into uh, the history regarding Timothy and all of that tonight. No, that's not what this study is about. But before we go in detail, I want us to read through the Word of God. We're going to, we're going to read the entire chapter. And um, I will be reading from... Uh, the NIV version, NIV version, I'll be reading from NIV tonight, right? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, NIV version, I'll be reading from NIV, and I'll be looking at other versions as well. So verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, if you are just joining us, we are looking at 1 Timothy chapter 1. He said, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the commandment of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus our hope, 
to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I urged you, I went when I went to Macedonia, stayed there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrine any longer or to devote themselves to myth and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculation rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned onto meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for the lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, and for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound to the sound doctrine that conformed to the gospel concerning that conformed to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God which he entrusted to me. I thank Christ our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to be to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent mind, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am a chief. I am worse than any. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor, glory forever and ever. Amen. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle of faith, holding on to the faith and the good conscience, which some have rejected, some have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. I'm going to stop there.
I'm going to stop there. Praise the Lord. So here we see Paul writing to his convert or disciple, Timothy. Now, he wrote to him and instructed him on what to do. So, Paul says, when he, Paul, was going to Macedonia, he instructed Timothy to stay in Ephesus. And the purpose of him staying in Ephesus is to teach people and also correct some of the errors that are going on within the society, the Ephesus. In that city, there are some errors. People were teaching doctrines that are out of line. So Paul asked Timothy to stay so that he, Timothy, can help to correct some of the false teachings that are going on. Okay? Now, people got into all kinds of wrong teaching, you know, from what Paul was saying, they started talking about genealogies, endless genealogies, making unnecessary argument that leads to nothing, that leads to nowhere. So Paul said, hey, Timothy, I would like you to stay in Ephesus so that you can correct some of these ills. Now, Paul reminded Timothy in verse 5, he says, the goal of all of this is so that you remind people what the main thing is. The gospel of the kingdom is all about love. It's all about love. He says that's what you should remind people rather than you know folks going off the tangent saying whatever they like preaching whatever they feel like he says i would like you to remind them bring them back to what the main thing should be and that is the love of christ that has been shared abroad in our heart he says the goal of this command is love which comes now, there is no love if there is no pure heart, okay? There is no pure heart. A heart that harbors no ill will. A heart that harbors no resentment towards any kind, towards any man, and no matter who that person is. That is the kind of heart that God is looking for, that is the kind of heart that harbors the love of Christ, a heart that is pure, a heart that is pure. That's what Paul is saying, a pure heart that is void of offense, a pure heart that is void of offense, a heart that stays on God. He said the goal of this command is love which comes from a pure heart. A love that comes from a pure heart. 
You have to keep your heart pure, keep your heart clean according to the word of God. The book of Romans chapter 4 verse chapter 10 verse 4 says Christ is the accumulation of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. There may be righteousness for everyone. Christ is the accumulation. So we cannot say we love Christ without having a pure heart towards God and towards a fellow man. You cannot be harboring hatred in your heart, envy, jealousy, right? All of the things that, you know, create clog. I would say, you know, let me use the word clog, that create clog. You know, uh, just like some of the things that block our arteries that make blood not to flow the way it should be so we can have some of the things that help clog our hearts and when that happens then the heart is not pure the love that is produced is not the kind that is from god a pure heart that must a pure heart now he says the next point is that love must be of a good conscience it must be of a good conscience and a sincere faith we must do things out of the sincerity of our heart out of the sincerity of our heart our heart must be void of offense a good conscience that fears no accusation that's what the word of god says so paul is reminding timothy that love that is genuine is built on these three principles a pure heart a good conscience and faith that is sincere on friend faith on friend faith on friend that is a kind of love that is being spoken of for us as believers to emulate it must be faith that is without any guys it must be a faith that is sincere without controversies hallelujah and that is what paul was telling timothy that you have to remind people you have to remind people in the city of ephesus that rather than go off on this endless tangent this is what the gospel is all about gospel is all about love and love that is built on these three principles pure heart good conscience and faith that is sincere faith that is without hypocrisy you know there are a lot of people they say one thing they do another thing that is not the kind of faith that is being talked about here it's not the kind of faith 
you're a Christian today, you know, on Sunday, on Monday, you are worse than an unbeliever, right? That's not the kind of faith that we ought to practice. We ought to practice sincere faith. Who you are in the morning is the same fellow that you are in the evening, the same fellow that you are in the night. Faith that is sincere. Unfriend faith. Undissembled faith without dissimulation. A faith that is without hypocrisy. The lot of us. We say one thing and we do another. That's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. You know, we only love people when they, when we see them. Right? When we are behind in a different scene, then that love is not there. No. If you love someone in one city, the same love you should translate in another place. Right? should be you. You have to be you. Be true to yourself. Be sincere in all your dealings with people. You have to be sincere. That's what Paul is telling Timothy to communicate to folks. To communicate to people. To communicate to his hearers. And he said there are a lot of people that have gone off, they've started preaching things they don't know about. Just like we see in our days, pretty much everybody is now a pastor on social media. We have a lot of people now, they are pastors on Facebook, pastors on WhatsApp group, pastors on uh, twitter pastors on instagram you know and some of them you listen to them it's like oh my goodness what is going on here is this one actually a believer right and that's what paul is saying to timothy that these folks they just go about talking things they don't understand and we see a lot of that and what happens is that people are getting deceived people are getting distracted from the true gospel from the true message because they don't know any better whatever voice they hear they follow but it becomes your responsibility my responsibility just like Paul has given Timothy this responsibility, your job, my job, is to make sure we propagate the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that its foundation, its bedrock, is on the love of Christ. Its bedrock is on the love of Christ. We must understand the first... You know, that, that's what our calling, that's what our job is. The book of Romans chapter 13 verse 8 to 10 says, Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whosoever loves others has fulfilled the law. 
the commandment you shall not commit adultery you shall not commit murder you shall not steal you shall not covet and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one command love your neighbor as yourself love does no harm to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfillment of the law love does no harm to a neighbor I want you to think of that love does no harm to a neighbor but we see a lot of folks they go about harming their neighbors that is not what you and I should be doing because we are supposed to be carriers of God's love we don't go about hurting people or harming people because the love we portray must be a love that is built on these three principles good conscience genuine faith right and pure heart so if our love is built on these three things pure heart good conscience genuine faith then we cannot see ourselves in a situation where we are harming others we cannot find ourselves in a position where we are hurting others that is not what we are called to do again the book of romans chapter 13 8 to 10 i want to read that again i like this it says let no depth remain outstanding except the continuing depth to love one another for whoever loves other has fulfilled the law verse 10 says love does no harm to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfillment of the law so you go about you know don't do this don't do this don't do this what of god said if you are able to love if you have the capacity to love then you'll be fulfilling the law of the lord then you'll be fulfilling the commandments of the lord if you have the capacity to love another so we must as children of god develop the capacity to love one another not just the folks that love us but we must develop the capacity within ourselves to love the unlovable and that is the true gospel that we should practice and that is the kind of gospel that we should preach paul said remind the people what the gospel of jesus is all about it's built on the foundation of love because god is love god is love god is love and that's why the word of god says if we cannot love our brother that we are seeing on daily basis how can we claim that we love god how can we claim that you love god he says the book of galatians chapter 13 verse 14 and 14 says 
sorry, Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 13 and 14 say, You, my brothers and sisters, we are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that is what the Lord is instructing us tonight. Just like Paul instructed Timothy to remain in the city of Ephesus so that he, Timothy, can correct some of the ills, some of the wrong doctrines that are being passed down to people. Some of the wrong doctrines, self-appointed preachers, and the Bible says, Paul said, they go about, they talk about, and they sound very highly, they are eloquent in their speech, you know, they know how to arrange their words. They know how to arrange, you know, they are good orators. They know how to speak. And we have a lot of them on Facebook. We have a lot of them on Twitter. We have a lot of them on Instagram. All of the social media platforms, they flood your timeline, right? They flood your status with all kinds of stuff. And sometimes you go through them and say, no, this cannot be of God, right? We see them. We know some of those folks. Paul says it's time for you that knows and understand the true gospel to start speaking up and start making corrections as needed. We cannot overemphasize this verse 5, letting you and I know what the gospel is all about. It's all about love. It's all about love. And you cannot claim love you cannot claim love without a pure heart you cannot claim love without a good conscience you cannot claim love without faith that is genuine without faith that is genuine praise the lord praise the lord all right it says we know the law is good if one use it properly. Right? We know the law is good if one use it properly. But he said, no, but we know that the law is made for the lawless people. The law is made for the lawless. And he started aligning some of the things. And I says, all these and every other thing that does not adhere or conform to the gospel. Every other thing that does not conform to the gospel of love. To the gospel of the kingdom. To the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then she be trashed. She be trashed. Verse 12 says, I thank Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to his service. You see, 
God is looking at you, God is looking at me as his servants, as people, his God, right? He's appointing you to his service, he's appointing me to his service. There are a lot of work to be done in the kingdom of God. There are a lot of things that God is expecting you and I to accomplish for him. So you cannot sit by the wayside on the, or sitting on the bench like we say it, right? Your job is not to sit on the bench. You cannot make yourself a bench warmer in the house of God. No, because he's called you to his service. He's called me to his service. Our responsibility is to keep expanding the kingdom of God. Our job, your job, my job is to keep propagating the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We must preach the gospel of the kingdom. So you cannot see it. You know, on the sideline, hoping that the job will get itself done. No. Someone got to step up. Someone got to do the job. Then, if not you, who? If not me, who? Should be the question. Paul say I was counted worthy. Can you say, see yourself as Paul sees himself can you also see yourself in the same way that paul is looking at himself as a man that is counted worthy to be a carrier of the gospel of the kingdom of god can you see yourself as a man that is counted worthy to be Someone who has been called to propagate the good news of Christ. You are called, I am called, but your job, my job, is to make sure we are doing that which God has put in our hand to do for him. He says, he's been appointed. He's been considered trustworthy. See, I want you to know that God, the way God looks at you, the way God looks at me, he sees you as a worthy fellow and he has entrusted into your hand the gospel of the kingdom. So there is no reason you should fear God. There is no reason why you should look at yourself otherwise. You cannot look down on yourself while God is looking up to you. You shouldn't do that. Don't ever look down on yourself while God is looking up to you. 
and that's why it's important friends it's important that we must continue to fight the good fight of faith we must continue to battle we must continue to war the war until our savior and christ returns he says even though i was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man i was shown mercy because i acted in ignorance and unbelief this is very very important that we pay attention to this verse 13. Paul described his past nature here. He described his past state. He says he was a persecutor. Yes, we know that he persecuted the church. He was a violent man because he killed people. He's, in fact, he was a young man that people laid their clothes on his feet when they were stoning Stephen to death. He was a young man. So he understood his true past. And we know people around us, or maybe we are once in some of these categories. You know your past. I know my past. We are once in some of these things, blaspheming, persecuting, right? Violent. Maybe you have some people around you that are in gang, right? You know, maybe in and out of jail. All of those things, Paul is saying, look, we cannot write anybody off. You cannot write anybody off. Because the same God that showed Paul mercy when Paul was ignorant and pulled Paul in, he's still the same God today. He has not changed because he said, I am God and I change not. I am God and I change not. And because he is God, he changes not, he changes not. Then we cannot write anybody off. We cannot say this person, he's gone off to the deepest part of this deep end that he's no longer, you know, uh, that God can no longer reach out to him. No, there is no such human being. As long as there is life, as long as there is breath in their nostril, then they are candidate for the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are candidate for the salvation of the Lord. And that's why we must continue. We must not give up in the propagation of the gospel to the lost in you know delivering the good news that is based on love the love that is based on a pure heart good conscience and a sincere faith as long as we keep demonstrating this kind of love then we see ourselves drawing many more into the kingdom of our lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul said this who I was. But God never gave up on me. He says the reason why I'm saying this. So that. Others might see me. And know that God is a merciful God. Hallelujah. I like that. I like that. 
It says, The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Along the faith that are in Christ Jesus. Even though I was all this that I mentioned, I was a violent man, I was a persecutor, you know, I was living in ignorance, but yet God saw it fit to pull me in. So what Paul is saying to Timothy, look, we must have boldness to preach to any and everyone because if God can do it for me, then there is no one that is unsavable. If, if there is anything like that, everyone can be saved. So, Paul is saying, no, we cannot give up on anybody. Look at verse 15 says, verse 15 says, it says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. A trustworthy that deserves full acceptance. Christ came into the world to save sinners. He said, this saying deserves full acceptance. You that is a child of God, have you accepted this saying? It deserves full acceptance because many a time we tend to write people off and when we do that that means we have not accepted the fact that Christ came into the world to save sinners Paul said no this saying deserves full acceptance you must accept the fact that Christ died for all of us so you cannot say, well, this person, what he did to me, I wish you born to hell. I know we say that all the time, right? Where we like, I wish you born to hell, you know, because you have anger in your heart, right? We cannot write people off. We cannot write people off. Paul said, look, this is worthy of acceptance. It's worthy of acceptance that Christ came into this world to save sinners period pure and simple he came into the world to save sinners but my question is this you as a child of god have you accepted that fact have you accepted that fact that christ came into the world to save sinners have you accepted that opinion you must accept that fact that Christ came into the world to save sinners. Paul said, I was chief among the sinners. I was chief. But Christ came and saved me. In other words, there is no one that cannot be saved by God. Do not give up on people. Do not give up on anyone. Everyone is deserving of being saved. Everyone deserves to be saved. And we must continue to preach the gospel of salvation to all.
because that's what we've been called to do. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus was poured out abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a true, a trustworthy saying that deserves all acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Of whom I am the worst. Well, Paul considered himself to be worst sinner, right? And I know there are people we can look at and say this is the worst sinner, right? It doesn't matter what our opinion is of anyone. One thing is certain that there is no one that cannot be saved by God. Thank you, Jesus. He said, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy. See that? For that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Look at that. Look at that. So, Paul is saying, look, you can't get any worse sinner than me. I don't know if that whole statement still holds true today, right? I don't know. But let's believe that it is. So Paul said, look, you can't get any worse sinner than me. And yet God showed me mercy. He said, the reason God is doing that is so that I can become an example to all sinners. He said, because I am the chief of all the sinners. So guess what? If God is able to save me, therefore God is able to save every sinner there is. That's what Paul is saying. If God is able to save me, then he's able to save every sinner there is. Praise the Lord. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. And uh, it, it is so true, right? There is no one that cannot be saved by God. It says... Here is a trustworthy saying that is a full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Think about that. Think about that. I am the worst. Of whom I am the worst. And the book of First Timothy. Look at as we continue, chapter 3, it says, Here is a trustworthy saying, Whoever aspires to be an overseer. Now, look at this. Before I even go into that, you have to understand the enormous responsibility that God is placing on you as a child of God, the responsibility, the task of carrying the gospel. And if you have the mindset that there is no one that cannot be saved, look at the book of First Timothy chapter two, verse eleven. Second Timothy chapter two, verse eleven say, "Here is a trustworthy saying: If we die with him, we also live with him." That is trustworthy. That is a true saying. Paul said, look, we must give ourselves to the Lord. 
yield our hearts so that he can use us as instrument of salvation as instrument of redemption to all we cannot give up on people we cannot say this person uh, can be saved that person cannot know you cannot categorize sinners no there is no such thing praise the lord verse 16 says but for that very reason i was shown mercy so that in me i was shown mercy has god shown you mercy i know he has he has shown me mercy i am here today because of the mercies of god you are here because of the mercies of god He says in the book of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25, I, even I, I am he who brought out your transgressions for my own sake. And remember your sins no more. Think about that. He's shown you mercy. He's shown me mercy. He says he's the one that he has blotted out my sin. He's blotted out your sin just for his name's sake not for any other reason he said i even i isaiah 43 verse 25 i am he who blot out transgressions for my name's sake and remember your sins no more so what this place is telling us is this no matter how sinful a sinner is the blood of Jesus has the capacity to wash the sins. No matter what sin, can wash it away. It has that capacity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look at that. He's the one that blood out our sins. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 25 verse 11 says, For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Look at that. He said, Forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Right? Then we see in Isaiah where he says, I even I, I am he who blot out your transgression for my name's sake, for my own sake. I remember your sins no more. The psalmist said, for your name's sake, forgive my iniquity. God responded and said, for my own sake, I have forgiven. So we have a forgiving God. We have a God that does not have a will against us. We have a God that forgives our transgressions. We have a God that forgives our sins. We have a God that blots out our transgressions. So, if God is doing this for us, why will you or why would I think of holding another person to a ransom? Why? Why would you do that? Thank you, Lord. 
friends i want you to pause and meditate on the word of god i want you to step back think about all the people you have written off right people you have written off you think that this one can no longer be saved the word of god is saying to you and i that that is not the case Everyone can be saved. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Right? For Godness did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through his son. So every sinner can be saved. All the sinners. As long as. But the Bible says how can they hear if no one is telling them. Right? So that's where you and I come in. Our job. Our responsibility. Is to continue the preaching of the gospel. To continue to tell the sinners. That Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them. That. It doesn't matter what the level of their sins are. It doesn't matter where they have placed themselves. God has the ability to save and to deliver. Right? God can save them. God can save them. It says, this is a true saying. And it's deserving of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Period. So you must accept that saying in your heart. You must accept it that Jesus came to save all sinners. Because if you don't accept that word, it's hard for you to preach to a sinner. Because what you would do is, in your heart, you will start categorizing sinners. You start categorizing sinners. Once you start putting sinners in categories and in buckets, then it becomes very hard for you to preach to a sinner. It's hard for me to preach the gospel to someone. They love to share the love of Christ with someone. Once I start categorizing them we ought not to do that we must open our heart we must open our heart to love the unlovable and that's why at the beginning paul reminded timothy that this is all about love it's all about sharing the love of Christ. It's all about sharing. The gospel is at the foundation and the heart of it is the love of Christ. The same love is shared abroad in our heart. And Paul reminded Timothy and said, Look, this love cannot be if it's not standing on three foundation. Pure heart, good conscience, and faith without hypocrisy. 
faith without hypocrisy. These three components must be there for love to thrive in your heart. It must be there for the love of Christ to thrive in your heart. Your heart must be pure towards one another. A heart that is void of offense. Amen. So I want to encourage us tonight as we begin to round up our study tonight. It's just to go back to remind us what it's all about. It's all about love. You loving the unlovable to the point you are able to share the good news of Christ. And that cannot be if you don't have genuine love in your heart. If you don't have genuine love in your heart. You must not be a hypocritical believer. You must not be a hypocrisy in your faith. You cannot live a hypocritical life. You cannot, you know, have conscience that is filled with, you know, offense. Guilty conscience, right? You must have a conscience that is free. There are a lot of people when they see others, they don't, they just like want to disappear. No, you cannot do that. Right? Have you seen those folks? Maybe they offended you or you offended them. When you see them, you just want, you know, to just vanish from that scenery. It's because your conscience is not clear. It's because your conscience, it's not good. That's why. But Paul is saying the love we must pray, the love we must propagate must be a love that is standing on these three principles. Pure heart, good conscience, and faith, unfriend faith, or faith without hypocrisy. So, that is what it should be for you and for me. As we go into prayer tonight, I want you to take good note of all that we've said tonight. First, that your love must be genuine. Second, that you cannot write off anybody as far as the preaching of the gospel, this of salvation is concerned. Nobody should be written off. Praise the Lord. Verse 17 is said, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.